and welcome to the One Degree Shift podcast. I'm your host, Eric Termundi, and I'm excited to introduce you to the wonderful guests I've got on season two and the little things they're doing to create a more intentional future for themselves, for their teams, and for the communities around them. I hope you enjoy. Christina Dizzler, thank you so much for joining the One Degree Shift podcast. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful here in London and excited to be online with you. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? What keeps you excited and what are you interested in lately? I'll start kind of with the deeper essence of who I am and what kind of energizes me. And then we can always chat a little bit about, I don't even like to say my CV and maybe my LinkedIn page, but I am obviously a human who is so energized by supporting others in, you know, holding the mirror back at them and, and allowing them to connect to themselves and find their truth so that they can be their most expansive selves and contribute to the world in a meaningful way. First of all, that's just incredible. Can you tell me how that shows up through the work yeah. you're doing? So ironically, I'm like, I, can, I could kind of say that I'm in the real estate game, which totally does a disservice to my business. But my primary business and where my kind of entrepreneurial career started was in co-working. And our ethos is really when we do the work within the work we put out into the world is the right work that we're meant to be doing. And that belief and ideology really came from a background in HR and also, you know, having an experience of feeling really separate within myself and understanding that once I actually came into can I kind of like honoring the interconnectedness and the oneness of me, I was able to, yeah, get into like vulnerability, try new things in a different way and break down these barriers of like the role of Christina, the HR professional. And I, you know, kind of armor up when I go to work and understanding that when we are in a state connected to self, in vulnerability, we can innovate and create in such a different way. And the problem is though, is that the startup community for so long, I started my business five years ago, it really was, you know, glamorizing and and celebrating burnout. Like, like, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, four hours of sleep and three coffees (laughs) by 9am. And, you know, we've seen it time and time again. And that's not that that overdrive, we're starting to see it obviously now more than ever. Mm -hmm. But even when I started, we're seeing like, how does that actually trickle down and impact the businesses we lead? Or, you know, people waking up in a career or or starting a business and being like, I don't even like that. You know, I was so disconnected from myself. I I was in pursuit of something that was so disconnected from like my energy source of like Mm -hmm. what actually is regenerative. Like when I'm doing this, I feel like in flow and yeah, what if we can create and tap into that source of energy? We create wow. much more beautiful, beautiful things. In researching you and 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 this episode, <laughs> I became an, an immediate fan and, and hopefully friend down the road when you come back to Vancouver because you said a lot of, uh, let's just be honest, you said a, a lot of words that could be buzzwordy that we yeah. hear a lot, but there's... I'm not even going to say confidence. There's authenticity behind every word that you said. That the, There was nothing that I heard that seemed flippant, I think is probably a word that I would use because I hear that all the time when we hear, hear words yeah. about finding our passion and our why. You know, yeah. statements that are sort of blanketed over everything that we're doing because it's supposed to sound right. But yeah. when I hear that from you, 
And then I look at Work Lab and I look at the work that you're doing. I see that presence in how your work shows up too, which Thank just you. shows the connection between the certainty and uh, understanding of self and how that translates to the work that you're doing too. So perhaps that's the question that I want to ask. In this journey of the discovery of all of Christina, how has this translated into the work that you're doing yeah. and the startups or, or small businesses that you're supporting too? And, and perhaps I'll, I'll guide the question a little bit further. Yeah. How has this helped you create the space for them I'm, I'm talking physically, but also psychologically for people to do their best work in a place that they can mm -hmm. feel that this culture and community are aligned. You know, I think growing up, this sounds like a really odd thing. I struggled with mental health for many years. So at age 14, I was in the therapist chair. I was at a children's hospital in the eating disorder clinic at 15. But I think one of the, I had this real, you know, that, kind of started self-reflection and inquisitiveness and curiosity. Mm -hmm. And, and actually what broke my cycle of mental health was one therapist introducing me to mindfulness at 11, 12 years ago, giving me a John Kabat-Zinn book and kind of all of a sudden sense was being made in a really different way. And it was a deeper self-reflection than any of like just rotating through the therapist chair. But I do think that a lot of the time, especially in, in, I love my family, but of course we all have dysfunction in families. This is just part of being human, but I was the observer. I was so aware of my surroundings and the, how things could cohesively work in the family. And I think that for a really long time, I also had this belief that I wasn't smart enough. And I didn't realize that these gifts of being a human that, you know, came through some hardship were actually like my gifts. They weren't mm -hmm. just like, I, how do you capture that on my LinkedIn mm -hmm. profile or whatnot? And I think that a lot of my knowing of self, which again, is an everyday journey, every moment mm -hmm. journey. I think that I believe that it really, it came from this kind of acceptance and surrender which is like the most polar opposite experience that any entrepreneur is going to tell you. <laughs> I mean, not any entrepreneur, but any entrepreneurial book. It's like the mm -hmm. how-to guide. You do this, you do this, you do this. And what happens if we actually be? You know, like what amazing potential can come from being instead of, oh, we're, we're not there yet. You know, well, sure. we're, the only arrival is really here. We're not in the future. We're not in the past. But, but that's just it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of those books, the entrepreneurial books are, you know, they should be retitled how to build a house of cards. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, yeah. if we don't have that foundation set, it's kind of just a matter of time. It might be able to yeah. get really high and really big and that's great, but things will come crashing down. You know, we yeah. were example, yes. um, you know, since we're talking about the space, love that example, love right. It. <laughs> um, but, but that, that foundational component, can we maybe talk a little bit about that? What does that daily yeah. practice look like? And first, maybe I'll be a little bit more intentional with, with, with my words. You know, I, yeah. I'm not a big believer in habit. I'm a big yeah. believer in practice and I'll just yeah. sort of maybe intuitively understand the difference. But for those who are listening, I think habit is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting yeah. a better result, which, you know, is actually synonymous with the definition of insanity practice yeah. on the other hand is 
stumbling, it's failing, it's learning, it's growing, it's changing all with the intention of getting better and discovering along the way. So I'm going to ask you again, what's the practice that you employ on a daily, weekly, annual basis that perhaps isn't a routine because practice implies that it has to change. So what is the mindset then that allows you to practice improvement? Okay. So a few things. I am a big, big, I, you know, I don't know also if it's because I'm highly, highly conceptual, obviously Uh spatial design. I'm not a designer, but you know, I love to paint a picture of Mm -hmm. like an energetic experience. So I'm not necessarily physically designing something, but I'm like, how do I want to feel? What's that? What am I like that deeper, you know, connection to how do I want to feel? And so I have a Google doc that is Mm -hmm. Uh, five years out. I did this initially in 2017 and I'm now doing it for 2023 or mm-hmm. no, I keep, I keep, it's a, it's a live Google doc. So I sure. just keep editing okay. and it, it'll pivot here and there, but it starts from the moment that I wake up in, in on whatever day, I think it's right now, July, 2023. Mm-hmm. I put my feet on the ground. This is where I am. You know, this is what I am you know, experiencing like gratitude, whatever it might be. And I spell my day out and I hold on to that. And, but the beauty of it is that I don't grip it and I mm-hmm. allow it to pivot. And I think that's the most important thing is that we will attach meaning to things, these external physical things, the idea of something. Mm-hmm. And the problem is when we are white knuckling, we do not have the ability to surrender to the gifts of the moment that might, you know, present and take us a little bit different on a different path. But I think um, my vision work is like something I have held on to for a couple of years now. And it makes the world of difference on those stormy days in mm. the sea. It becomes that North star. It allows me to like ride the waves with confidence, have fun knowing that like, this is the craziest stuff ever. Like what <laughs> the heck is going on? And I'm like, you know what, this is part of the journey. But yeah, so vision work for sure. Journaling has been really cathartic for me. And I will try to journal as, you know, it'll ebb and flow. And that's the same with any of these practices. It'll be so connected to where I'm at. So something might be more movement-based, something, you know, might be really quite more ritualistic and spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, But journaling for me, I process as I speak. And so for me, or I guess as I write. So I sometimes will even write, what am I feeling today? Mm. And write first thing in the morning. It might be a couple sentences. It might be like three quarters of a page in a notebook. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just to detach and observe my thoughts and not identify with them and be able to, yeah, see them and be like, okay, now I got that there. I don't need to hold it anymore. And, and be able to move, like move through some of that stuff. What you've done is you've operationalized the concept of the one degree shift. Now, for those who are listening, the one degree shift is a language that allows us to live life as it happens. Mm. It's really hard to predict the future. And my guess is that if your Google Doc started on March 14th, 2015, that it wouldn't have said on March 14th, 2020, I'd be putting my feet down on day one of a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. But life isn't just about how we act and plan. It's about how we react and shift and learn to the world and how it changes around us. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this Google Doc, what I love about the journaling process is that effectively what you're saying is 
I'm writing my future in pencil, not in mm -hmm. pen. My guess mm -hmm. is that if you were to have track changes on in this Google Doc, there wouldn't be any black <laughs> text left. It would mm -hmm. only be red because mm -hmm. we have to continue to recreate what success looks like. We have to recreate mm -hmm. what the future is going to look like based on what we've learned along the way. I think the biggest problem with a five-year plan is the lessons that we choose to ignore two months into it because it wasn't part of the plan, the plan that we made two months ago, Yeah, not based on where the world's Absolutely. at Absolutely. And I would say that also to add in there that we, I think that one of the biggest misconceptions we have, and it's such a default way of thinking with goal setting is that like, we really do believe like we'll arrive somewhere. And if we just do this, then we'll feel this. If we just get there, then we'll, you know, <laughs> and as someone who early on set a target for and a, receiving an award and I got the award a year and a mm -hmm. half into my entrepreneurial career, it felt nothing. It felt mm -hmm. so vacant. And I was unhappy. I was like, you know, I was in the midst of, you know, potentially leaving a marriage and it was this, this emptiness, like it was the biggest gift ever though. Right. Because then I started to realize, Oh wait, life is an experience. It's not mm -hmm. a destination. And one of my favorite quotes is around, I interviewed someone and they had, I had always asked like, what does it mean to you to be well? It was an editorial interview. And they said to be well, you know, life is an experience and to be well is to be in a state in which we can experience it. And mm -hmm. in that moment, I wasn't experiencing, I was like chasing, I was proving, I was disconnected from self mm -hmm. and that like state of experiencing is in present time in you know, connected to self in a sense of some type of alignment with your eyes open. And, you know, if we can help people get back into presence, like the world would be a much different place. Mm. So as the last question I've got for you then, and for the mm -hmm. listeners who are loving this episode as much as I am, what are mm -hmm. the first steps that I or we can take on this journey? Honestly, this sounds like such an odd response, but I'm like, breathe. Mm. That is like my, you know, I'm a meditation teacher or meditation teacher trained and I love my meditation, but you know, we all fall out of practice mm -hmm. and Sharon Salzberg has this quote about with meditation, it's comparative to the gym and it's not about holding the weight. It's about dropping the weight and picking it back up, whether that's mm -hmm. in the practice or your relationship to the practice. But you know, meditation can feel daunting if like you've been running all of your life and you've been go, go, go all of your life. And so how we can just start is knowing we always have our breath. And if we, through our breath, we can regulate our heart rate with a slower exhale, we can connect in because if we are in presence, we cannot be in fear and our ego at the exact same moment in time. And breath is the easiest way and is like the lifeline into connecting to presence. So that Amazing. might not have been a response you expected, but if it, if I didn't expect it, it means you gave me exactly what I was hoping for. So oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah. Christina, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Is there any way that folks can get in, in touch with you? Maybe learn a little bit more about work lab. Yeah. I mean, we've got work lab W E R K L A B that's in Vancouver. Um, I'm doing consulting and coaching work over in London. So christinadisler.com would love to always connect with anyone. Also my Instagram, cdisler. It's been such a treat, Eric. I really have enjoyed these last few moments together. 
Fantastic. Well, I hope, well, first of all, wish you all the best in London and, and look forward Thank to you. meeting in person when you get home then. Yes. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye.